and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer and I'm the host of this weekly broadcast put on by SPED Homeschool as well as its founder and CEO. We at SPED Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges or maybe just unique learners. I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about our resources and the support that we offer families. And some of the best resources we have on our site, actually I would say are the best resources, are our partners. Um, they help fund the work that we do and um, and also provide a lot of content for our website, including writing our blog, which is considered the number one special needs homeschooling blog out there, and our guests on our broadcast, like this afternoon, um, Jonathan Bush is with us from Unbound. Welcome, Jonathan, and thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here and appreciate the opportunity to have the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. We're glad that you're here because this is a topic that um, that we don't address too often. High school, um, but it's one that really needs to be addressed a lot. So this month of April, we are focusing on doing stuff a little bit more outside the box, or even outside outside, just getting outside your house. <laughs> and so we're encouraging you to do schooling through everyday activities. We're going to talk about homeschooling at the grocery store. We're going to talk about, um, or I think that's actually another couple months out. Sorry. Um, but but yeah, so, so homeschooling in lots of ways that maybe you haven't considered before. So, um, so you want to stay tuned for, for those broadcasts. Um, but tonight we are tonight. <laughs> it feels like night. It's dark here. Um, we're going to talk about activity-based learning in high school. And so that's what our, our focus is on. So if you are joining us live, and I see we have a couple of viewers already popping on, um, enjoy, share this with a friend that maybe might be interested in this topic and say, jump on with me because um, we are live so that you can join us and ask questions. And we, we'd love for you to do that. If you are watching on Facebook on our page, you can just put a comment down and we'll see it. We can include that. And in. if you're watching on YouTube, we can also include your comments from there. If you are watching on our Facebook group, I do encourage you to um, give permissions to StreamYard so that your comments can be shared. Otherwise, we won't be able to see them. They'll just be in the group. Um, or you can just pop on to the Facebook page to, to watch from there. And if you're watching on the Empowered Homeschool Network, um, you have to pop into YouTube to actually make the comments. If you make comments inside that um, that platform, we won't see them till after the conversation. But We'll be happy to answer them after that, too. So um, so wherever you're joining us from, we're happy you're with us. And so, Jonathan, as we kick off, I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself and why you're so passionate about helping teens and young adults have learning experiences. And then tell us a little bit about your organization, Unbound. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, first of all, I'm a homeschool graduate, and I tell people I was homeschooled back in the days where we still had truant officer drills, and we memorized the mm. A's phone number. <laughs> yes. So I literally grew up and knew almost nobody else who was homeschooled, mm -hmm. and um, went to college and was terrified my first semester of college because I was just <laughs> sure that, you know, we were going to fail out and embarrass the family. Um, but I didn't, <laughs> and I had a really good uh, college experience, actually. 
And I graduated mm-hmm. magna cum laude. And I, I don't say that because I'm trying to brag about my grades, but to tell you that I really did maximize my college experience and I had mm-hmm. a great college experience. And the reason I tell you that is to set up what happened next, mm-hmm. which is I graduated from college. I graduated with honors. I graduated 4.0 in my major. I'd really maximize the academics. And I graduated. I still had the foggiest idea of what I wanted to do yes. or really how to do anything. Hmm. And I was just very frustrated with that. Um, I went to work for the college, also a really good experience. And hmm. a year later, became the director of admissions for the college. And so hmm. I had this kind of, it was a unique God-ordained moment. And I got this rapid right. advancement. And I had a great experience with that. Um, but I was really interested to watch something, which was I came into a, an industry that had been exactly the same for generations. And so all the senior people were the experts and they taught it. It was all direct mail marketing and all this kind of stuff for college admissions. And within three years of my coming into the, and getting the job, this had been in the early, uh, you know, 99, 2000, 2001, 2003, mm-hmm. everything that everybody knew was completely obliterated. Um, mm. You know, direct mail was shift to email, email shifted. Right. To oh, I remember the, that time. Email. Yes. Yeah, not uh-huh. too long after that. And it was a, it was this really disorienting time because all the people that thought they knew what they were doing all of a sudden were hiring these young kids and asking right. them to know what they were doing, but the young kids didn't know how the jobs work. And it was just mm-hmm. this kind of a bit of chaos, right? Right. And I remember since I was homeschooled, I had a bit of skepticism about all this. And I thought there's got to be there's got to be a better way <laughs> right. to prepare people for this. And then I, you know, so I spent 12 years working traditional higher eds, uh, talking to parents and students, attending literally thousands mm-hmm. of college fairs and visiting high schools for the first time. I was a homeschool student mm-hmm. I'd never been to high school mm-hmm. before. And, um, you know, just going all over the country and doing this. Uh, then I got really frustrated with the debt that was in higher education. And I got really mm. frustrated with the antagonist, antagonism towards faith. Now, I wasn't mm. intimidated by people questioning my faith. And in fact, causing me to question my faith a bit. I thought that was part of an educational experience. But, a, mm. you know, a, a really mean-spirited agenda to destroy faith seemed to be a little bit yeah. beyond the pale to me. So I moved over and uh, joined an organization at the time called College Plus, uh, which eventually mm. became Unbound. And uh, it's sort of non-traditional edu- higher education. And all that to say is that I watched that. And I guess my passion comes from, first of all, remembering myself, how confused I was. Mm. And secondly, I've just watched so many people be totally stressed out about education and high school and college mm. and what comes after college. And I think that that's a very wrong-headed approach. Not I, I, something that people, I understand why, why people are stressed out. Right. I think that there's so much opportunity and this should be a, a journey of discovery and it ought to be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I mean, this is a, this is oh, a fun yeah. time of life. And mm-hmm. I think it gets better after that. I don't think it's the, you know, the high point of your life, but I right. think it should be a time of exploration and discovery. And to watch people be continually stressed out and scared during this time has mm-hmm. really fueled my passion to say, hey, I think there's a better way to do this. And I think there's some things that if you know, uh, then you can adapt, you know, whatever your own situation is. And uh, in mm-hmm. some ways, this is a golden age of education in terms of what you can do. Right. Um, yes. But people sort of miss it because they're so freaked out about the whole process. So mm-hmm. anyhow, that's my background yeah. and why yeah. um, I'm so passionate about it. And honestly, I think that, you know, if we want to get upstream of the current cultural flood, you got to start with mm-hmm. education. And yeah. uh, so that makes sense to me as a homeschooler. And uh, I get to continue to do that working with high school and college age students now. And it has been one of the great privileges and excitements of my life. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that is awesome. And yes, the high school years I've found are the most fun. If yeah. if you embrace it the right way instead right. of panic through it. <laughs> so yeah. tell us a little bit about Unbound then. Yeah, so Unbound uh, is a project-based education system. And uh, really, those are some fancy words to say that um, 
we really believe in the real life training aspect of it. You know, when I said that mm-hmm. I got out of school with a, a great GPA academically prepared, but then found out that almost none of that translated to the real stuff I need to know in a workplace. Right. I started scratching my head and say, how could we uh, maybe do a little bit of both? I mean, as a homeschool mm-hmm. student, I care a lot about education. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think people should miss out on that. But I do think there's some different ways to do that. So the way I often describe it to people is that, you know, let's assume that, first of all, you have some uh, basic level of what I would consider run the world education, right? You, you know, <laughs> the things about some of the core subjects, the point that you can figure those things out. And I want to kind of take and compress all this sort of traditional college classes into a small, n- not simple meaning no content, but a, mm-hmm. a, to make them as simple to do as possible and as least expensive as possible. And then I want mm-hmm. to take the rest of that time and I say, I want those classes to be a foil primarily for you to learn how to quickly and effectively master complicated information. Mm-hmm. Because here's the reality. Um, we did live in an answers-based paradigm, which was the most stuff you had in the head, the more advantage you had, because it was hard to get stuff in your head. You had to right. go to the library, pull yes. the card catalog, mm-hmm. memorize something, right? But of course, we don't live in that right now. I mean, yeah. we're broadcasting over the internet. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a smartphone. You can get information instantly. Mm-hmm. And so we've really shifted to a questions-based paradigm. It's the mm-hmm. people that can ask the best questions. So rather yes. than the classes oh, being good. a place that shoves your head full of information, classes ought to be a place that teaches you an effective way to learn, to quickly mm-hmm. and effectively master complicated information. If you can do that, then the real skill comes to how can you apply that. And yeah. that's going to be best um, learned in real life environments. So mm-hmm. it's fine for you to take some courses about marketing, but if you really want to learn about marketing, you would market something. Yes. Uh, it's fine if you take some business <laughs> courses and, and there's things to learn there. But if you're really going to learn about business, do that because the world's changing mm. so quickly that yeah. anything less than real life exposure is actually slowing you down. Mm-hmm. Um, so Unbound That's is a combination true. of that. We say, hey, we can help you get some classes. We can even help you earn a degree if you want. We can do that for a lot less money. Uh, but most importantly, we can combine that with some really powerful skills, leadership skills, relational mm-hmm. skills, communication mm-hmm. skills, negotiation skills, business skills. Uh, those kinds of things that are actually the ones that make uh, a big difference in whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, so many good points in there. I wish I'd wrote some of them down, um, but but yeah, it it is so we have shifted and it's changing so fast that if you even buy a book on something, it's already changed. Oh. Yeah, and I think we were talking about this even before, you know, just, um, you know, how to you know, how, how to write a blog and make your blog the best. And, right. and it's like, that's outdated as soon as the person wrote it. <laughs> well, and blogs are outdated to some extent, right? I mean, like, yes. there's, still, mm-hmm. there's still a place for them. But, you know, I can remember that it was just seemed like yesterday that blogs were the thing to have. And now mm-hmm. they are part of the mix. Um, but, right. you know, we're doing mm-hmm. podcasts and we're doing Instagram and um, yeah. heaven have mercy up a TikTok account because that's where students are, right? And so you have yeah, to kind of- we got to look into that. Adjust to that right? <laughs> I was drug a little bit kicking and screaming. I'm now the old person that's having my young, you know, younger employees say, this is really where things are. We have to mm, kind of adjust. So, yeah. Right. Yes. The adjusting is, is hard. When you're a smaller business, it's easier, but you know, as you get to be a bigger business, it gets even more difficult. That's so. Right. Yes. Well, that's, that's awesome. And it's good for us to remember- that high school years aren't just about that transcript. And, and so, um, you know, based on your work, why do you feel learning experience are imperative for teens and young adults instead of just book study? Um, and do you have any studies or stories to back up your findings? Yeah, you know, here's an example I use quite frequently. I talk to a lot of young people who are interested in marketing. And that makes sense because there's a great need for good marketers and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of opportunity there. And so it's certainly a growing field. 
And uh, there's a lot of exciting things going in this. And I have some marketing background, so I, I can relate okay. to some of this. Mm-hmm. But, um, but let me just give you sort of a practical example here. Um, and this is going to sound really odd, but I would never hire somebody to do marketing who has a marketing degree. Mm. And, and here's the reason for that. In my pretty extensive experience on this, spanning you know, a long time here on a couple of different places and, and, and hiring for a lot of different reasons, um, if you have a marketing degree, I can by definition tell you that you spent four years learning about a bunch of marketing practices that are no longer up to date. Mm. And so now... I have to, but, but you now, but you have a degree and you paid good money for that degree. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're human. So you come out of there thinking that I know something about this, right? but you don't. In fact, you're trained badly because it's none mm-hmm. of that stuff that's really particularly useful anymore because schools by and large are still very answers based. So it would be one thing if the school taught you principles of marketing, some of that would be useful, yeah. but they mm-hmm. spend so much time going into the details of marketing. They're absolutely obliterated. I mean, look, Instagram mm. just changed their logarithms just a few weeks ago and we had to completely shift all of our strategies and, you know, and mm. scramble to figure that out. Like literally, and this is going to happen again in a couple of weeks and this is going to happen a couple of weeks from now. And like, right. you know, it, it happens on an almost daily, if not weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you tell me, well, you have a degree in marketing, great. You spent four years learning outdated material that you now you think you know that I'm going to have to unlearn from you before mm-hmm. I can do anything. Yeah. Now, so let's contrast that to something else. If I have a kid who says they have a certificate in Instagram marketing, I've never heard of that certificate before, <laughs> but I go look it up on LinkedIn and it says, oh yeah, uh, this such and such situation, uh, such, a, such a program issues these certificates. I look, they look fairly legit. But I say, okay, well, who has these certificates? And I click on even as little as five businesses who say, I hired a student with that certificate and they were great Instagram marketers. And <laughs> I look in those five businesses look like they're real businesses, even if I've never heard of them before. Hmm. That's incredibly valuable to me. I'm like, okay, well, hmm. that kid has a certificate that says they know something about Instagram marketing that other businesses think that they know about marketing. I'll hire that person. But the catch on that is that I'm expecting that person to have real practical knowledge of Instagram. Like they've actually, hmm. it's not that they've studied. I want them to study about this much and I want them to have done this much, right? I want them to have spent a lot of time right. actually doing it because it changes so fast. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I use it as an example just to say that there's a lot of things like that in the world. And so we talk about principles and perspective. There are educational <laughs> principles that are really important and, and you need to know sort of the ground level stuff about how things work. Yeah. Perspective is kind of your viewpoint on how that works. And that means, you know, getting a perspective on that principle and seeing it and then being able to apply it. Well, all <laughs> that application stuff, that's really hands-on stuff. That's life stuff. That's yeah. the ability to get in and fail. Um, mm. And look, when we live in a world where technology disrupts things so quickly, yeah. We're constantly in a state where we have to, you know, apply new information to new problems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is a, a, a process that involves failure. Failure <laughs> is normal in real life. Failure mm-hmm. is fatal in academic life. And so the only yes. place you can go where you can't fail is if you become a professor and work in the <laughs> Ivy League. And, and I, I don't right. mean that mm-hmm. in a nasty way. I'm just saying that, you know, you're 4.0 the whole way through. You're 4.0 through college. You go get your master's program. You get high grades mm-hmm. there. You get your PhD. And then you teach classes. Mm-hmm. No place else in life is there a situation where failing a class is going to be catastrophic. You know, mm-hmm. we fail constantly. You know, I failed right. yesterday at my job. I'll fail tomorrow mm-hmm. at my job. And learning from that is the process. That exactly. real life thing only happens in real life. It's yeah. tough to fake it in some sort mm-hmm. of classroom setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a long spiel just to say that I think real life skills have always been important, but something's fundamentally shifted. There will always be a place for highly academic people in our society. And we should be glad for that. If, if you're going to be a, a right. neurosurgeon and stall the top mm-hmm. of my head off and wiggle around in my brains, I want you to have mm-hmm. really great 
educational experience. If you're an engineer and design a bridge, I drive over with my kids. I want you to have extraordinarily great classroom experience. Mm-hmm. But for the vast majority of people today, practical experience is fast trumping uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the so-called advantage of a college degree. And right. that practical experience is gained through real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We actually sat down with each of our teens when they were teens and said, where, you know, where do you see the information that you're going to learn in high school going, right. you know, and um, only my oldest said, do I see it in a field where it's going to need lots of knowledge. He went right. into biomedical engineering. You want him to Absolutely. have that knowledge because he's and building things that go in your body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, have a very great classroom experience with professors that, you know, don't fail. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But, you know, the other ones are creative and they are kind of, you know, that. And it's and they both even said, I don't see a purpose in spending all this time in a classroom when I could be out in the real world world doing things. Um, So. So, yes, those are great conversations to have with your kids. I mean, this is their life. Um, We as parents, of course, have an input. But um, have you had kind of that same experience with your own family? I have. Um, and it's been a it's been a fun process. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have kind of the spectrum. Uh, my oldest son is very practical and hands on. He works full time at a construction company right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good at almost all things he does. And he was also a very good student. I mean, he's academically quite solid. Right. Mm-hmm. Um but he's learning a lot of um, really interesting skills and he's combining that with, I think, better than average leadership skills and kind mm. of entrepreneurial skills. And, you know, right. the possibilities look kind of endless. I mean, like they're, they're pretty mm-hmm. exciting as they can do with that. Um, but it's not a traditional way. And uh, he's put up with some sneering because he didn't go to college, which really drives me a little bit crazy because this yeah. um, is this weird cultural expectation. Mm-hmm. I have a, another child who's extremely academically gifted, and I'm not sure where she will end up, but it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me if she had more of a traditional college feel to it. But that makes sense mm-hmm. because, you know, she's my kid who reads 300 books a year and thinks that's fun and it's not a sign <laughs> it for fun, you know? Right. Um, and so, so, you know, that's a whole different lookout. And then I have mm-hmm. one who's kind of a blend of that right now. And then mm-hmm. I've got three younger ones after that. We'll see how that all turns out. Um, right. But that's yeah. a lot of the, I mean, to me, that's somewhat excitement. You mentioned the excitement of the high school years. Mm-hmm. I have watched uh, my high school kids rapidly eclipse me in certain skills. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not yeah. just, you know, like when they all started running faster than me because I was getting older and they were getting you know, <laughs> better. But, you know, in, in actual skills. Um, I have a yeah. son who's a really phenomenal musician and I'm not. And so he, everything he does is music I can't do. Um, mm. My older son does things that I like to do, but in some cases he does it much better than I do. And right. uh, that's part of the excitement when you see them kind of be able to. And, and if you can free yourself a little bit from that sort of, I have to do this and we have to, success looks just like this and I have to go yes. to this thing. And instead mm-hmm. we can back up and say, well, let's give them a little space to explore those gifts and then let's celebrate as they get better than you at some things and do mm-hmm. things that you've never done before. Uh, to me, that has been one of the most um, exciting, fun and satisfying parts of parenting is watching those things yeah. evolve in ways uh-huh. that I never guessed and never predicted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they come up with some of the, the craziest things that they want to yeah. like have all the, the experience in. And right. yeah. <laughs> so I was asking my daughter today because I am embracing my gray. And I said, OK, what do I do for hair shampoo and all of this? And she's much more the expert than I am. It's <laughs> yeah. like, OK, well, I'm ready to take that from you because I know you know more and um, how great that is. So, so I, yes. I had a fun experience. I, you know, I'm not a musical person. And so I literally, and most of you are going to laugh when you hear this, but you know, when somebody says you were off key, I don't even really know what that means. Oh. <laughs> and so I'm literally walking with my young, 
youngest son down with the river. And all of a sudden it occurred to me, I was like, you know, of all the people, like I've been intimidated my whole life to ask that, just these like stupid questions. And so I was asking my younger son, what does that mean? And he looked at me and they realized I was serious and he explained to me and I understood it, right? And it was so much fun to have my, you know, 14-year-old explain something to me that, you know, most of my life I've been a little embarrassed to ask anybody. And right. honestly, yeah. it was a little embarrassing to ask him, but it was also a lot of fun. And I thought, how cool is this? I mean, here's this 14-year-old yes. that um, I just, or 15-year-old now that uh, knows stuff that I've never known. And that's just mm-hmm. an exciting thing. So, yeah. yeah. And it's empowering to them too to realize that they can be an expert um, to other people in those things that they have passions about. Um, so that's, that's awesome. I love that. So, what types of activities do you feel are most important for teens and young adults to have in relation to maybe job and life preparedness? Yeah. So, I always want to answer this a little carefully. There is always this kind of uh, trap that I think is is set culturally that mm. like we have to be engaged in 19,000 activities. Um, yes. And, you know, it, there's all kinds of reasons for that. Homeschoolers feel like they have to compensate. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they have to, there's a reason. And I, I understand that as a homeschool dad and as a homeschool graduate. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, there's a thing that, you know, the more well-rounded we are, the better we look in a college application. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I come in and say like, you know, the more experiences, the better people go, wow, we need to be involved in everything. That's, not right. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could just take a, a breath and sort of step back here and uh, think about this in, in a slightly different way. Um, so I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but let me just set something up for you. Mm-hmm. Most people, when I ask them what they want to do, ultimately the real question is they want to do work that they enjoy, right? They, they yes. want to, and they, and mm-hmm. they want to make it, they want it to matter. And that's, we just mm-hmm. first understand, that's a generationally different thing. Two yes, generations ago, people just wanted work mm-hmm. that paid the bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean? like mm-hmm. the, the idea that you would actually do work that you love was actually a, a bit of a foreign concept, mm-hmm. um, and, or it was exclusively for other people, right? And yes. now it's pretty universal. Um, and I think that that's that's not a bad thing. I mean, I think there's something mm-hmm. important about doing work that you're passionate about. I certainly love my work, but here's the thing: I spent a lot of time doing work that I didn't love, and that's part yeah. of of the reality of life. Mm-hmm. And so, what I tell people all the time is that the formula for finding work that you love is not particularly difficult. People generally like work if it, A, pays the bills. That's important, right? Mm-hmm. But if they have a level of autonomy, they can make their own decisions about what's happening and they think it makes a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you trade skill for autonomy and you trade experience for work that makes a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And here's the kind of catch. It's not unusual for it to take 10 plus years to be able to build enough skill and enough autonomy to trade it for work that you love. Mm-hmm. Now, if we sort of understood that on the front end, now let me That's revisit really this activity mm-hmm. thing and say, you know, any activity that gains experience and builds skill is an important activity. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what skill you need yet, and you're not sure what experience you need yet. So shoot for as many as you can comfortably do, but not in some sort of like pad my resume thing, more right. as, a, as a, a genuine curiosity thing. How, how, where, where are you interested and what can you continue to lean into? And let's be a little aggressive here, not to do everything, but to lean in and to build as much skill and experience as possible. And if I tell you that and you understand that doing so will allow you to trade that for work that makes that you, that you love down the road, and the earlier you start, the sooner you'll get there, well, mm-hmm. that kind of changes the whole perspective, right? Now I'm just not padding it for some college resume that I may or may not want to go to college, right. or I'm, not, I'm just doing it because I'm busy. Now, I, you know, there's a genuine curiosity I can follow there, and there's a mm-hmm. reason for that. Um, so I hope that perspective shift kind of uh, makes sense. But, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. my answer then is that, you know, encourage curiosity and press mm-hmm. a little bit to get your student to lean into that curiosity, but evaluate yes. that by, will this build skill? Will this build experience? And if so, it is almost by definition going to pay off. Right. Perhaps a long-term investment, but it'll mm-hmm. pay off. 
Yeah. Sometimes, you know, like they'll have a passion or an interest and then you've got to give them as a parent because you understand maybe a little bit more about that field of work or just what's going on in that industry and say, well, have you considered, you know, doing this or these are like maybe entry level things that you might be able to volunteer with or um, to help out. And that that kind of first step thing, I'll tell you what I see a lot of. People will often say, and, and it, this makes sense, right? When you ask students what they want to do, they'll pick whatever is cool on TV right now, right? I mean, <laughs> or or what, what, make, what gives them the most social capital to say. Hmm. So, you know, throughout my career, you know, people want to be doctors, they want to be attorneys, and they want to be marine biologists. And they want hmm. to be marine biologists because they want to swim with dolphins. And get paid for it, right? <laughs> that, 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 and I, I wouldn't mind getting paid to swim with dolphins either, although I don't know there's a huge market for that. And so, there you know, yes. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Or they want to race mountain bikes, they want to be a singer, right? And it makes mm-hmm. sense. If you're 17 and you really don't know much about the world, those, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you do that's cool, because people, well-meaning people say, follow your passion, which I think is absolutely horrible advice. Um, and so they, well, I'm passionate about riding bikes. And so right. they say that, right? And so we get this kind of diversion uh, where people think that they have to do something that's cool um, mm. in order to, you know, end up with work that they love. The, right. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think that there's a, a level here where we can kind of encourage and say, well, lean into this a little bit. And so here's an example I see a lot. Mm. I want to be a medical doctor. Well, you know, that's a cool thing to say, especially if you're a good student and it sounds powerful and it sounds like you're helping people. And then I said, well, you know, that's like an eight-year process and it's mm-hmm. a ton and ton of money. <laughs> and so that's right. great. <laughs> great medical doctors. And so you should definitely do that. But I'm wondering if you would test that. So they said, well, you know, I, I shadow a doctor. No, no, don't shadow a doctor. Will you volunteer for Rescue Squad? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as a pretty young kid, you can be out actually saving somebody's life with right. all of the dirtiness and nastiness that comes with that, right? And mm-hmm. a kid says, I don't really want to do that. And I'm saying, well, uh. then maybe you should rethink about where you go. You know, in other words, that, that's that's where, mm-hmm. not being cruel, but I'll bring a little perspective. And so I think an adult can often say, well, right. let me help you think what the next step would be for that. And when the kid mm-hmm. leans into it, great. And when the kid says, I don't know, maybe it's kind of like, cool, what's the, another thing you're passionate about? Like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move around till we find the next step that the kid goes, oh, that would be cool. All right, mm-hmm. let's lean into this for a little bit and see what happens. Right. Yeah. I, what I hear you, you saying is it's a lot about internal motivators versus those external motivators of what people are going to say or what it's going to look like on, you know, your resume or um, on your business card. <laughs> right. um, but what can like sustain you for the long run too? And, right. and like you said, there's, there's going to be things involved with, with every field of work. That's not so fun. But I think, you know, our kids do need to experience that. And I, I love that that example of, yes, if you're going to be a doctor, I know we're, we're running our first special needs family camp and we're looking for volunteers. And I, I say, you know what, it's a, probably a really good experience for pre-med students to come volunteer right. with us for the week because they're going to know what it's like working with a child with a handicap. And right. maybe they've never been exposed to that before. Um, so, so, yes, that's... Um, those real world experiences will um, will solidify um, either in a good way or a not so good way <laughs> what, what you're passionate about or um, moving on to. Maybe something that would help folks here. This is I also see people have a tendency to always want to attach a specific career to a set of skills, mm. right? So when you ask people what do you yes. want to do, they will say, "I want to be a doctor or an attorney, or I want to be a you know motorcycle tester or something." Yeah, I mean, like, in other words, mm-hmm. it's very specific. But the world doesn't really work that way. And yeah. especially today, mm-hmm. you're not likely to be a specific career thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, 
I worked at a job I didn't know existed when I went to school. And then yeah. I left that mm-hmm. for a job that didn't exist when I graduated from school. And I invented every <laughs> job from that point forward. Right. I mean, I just, right. that, yeah. I was no preparing for that. Mm-hmm. However, there are categories, right? Yes. And so we teach all students in our program, what something we call the team's triangle. And we say in every organization, there is a storytelling arm, which is typically sales mm-hmm. and marketing. Mm-hmm. There's an operations arm that makes it happen. And there's a vision arm that sort of looks around the corner. Right. Right. And all three of those can be leaders. It's not just that only CEO people are visionaries. I mean, like there's some really good ops CEOs. There's some really good storytelling CEOs. You're typically on the spectrum somewhere. Mm. But if you know that, then there's an entire wealth of jobs that are available to you. And lots of people are wired to be operations people or they're wired to be storytelling people or they're wired to be Mm. vision people. And if you know that, all of a sudden there's almost an infinite amount of industry. Every industry needs all three of those. Every team needs all three of those. Hmm. And so now instead of saying, well, like there's two jobs that I can, you know, I'm going to major in this little narrow niche and I'm going to go for a job in this area. No, no, there's there's almost an unlimited amount Hmm. of job. But if you can always look in the operations area, you know, your your local neighborhood all of a sudden has 20 opportunities that you could be really interested in and ultimately probably be passionate about doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of a different perspective that I see lots of times people are trapped into this. When I ask them what they want to do, they name me a specific career. And mm. I find that that's typically quite inaccurate. Um, it's more what, what are your general skills and then know that there's, an, you know, there's lots of careers in that skill set uh, right. depending on where you are. Yeah. And that is very countercultural as far okay. as approaching it, because that's not what uh, traditional high schools prepare students for. They're, you know, they're like, what do you want to be? What do you want on your, your transcript? And then the colleges are the same way. And my son even went through um, disability services recently because he ended up, he's, has a, a back issue that has left mm-hmm. him unfortunately um, unable to do a lot of manual work. Um, mm-hmm. But they, again, it was, well, what, what kind of job can we train you for? And it, it just was not a good fit for him because he's so creative and it was right. like, well, he could do a variety of things, but yet they didn't all seem like they were really good fits for him. <laughs> so, right. so yeah, it, um, that's very interesting. And and so, yeah, so you're getting us to think a, a little bit um, outside the box as far as even how do we approach this and and think about these um, future discussions with, with our kids. Um, so what are some ways as parents that we can help our teen to start finding these experiences um, to add, maybe even fully replace traditional high school with um, book learning for, for some of those kids that we find just really aren't interested in that route. (laughs) Yeah. So I would kind of think three things here. One is create curiosity. Um, Mm. Two is apply pressure. And three is to celebrate wins, right? Encouragement. Mm. So maybe I would celebrate wins is encouragement. So create curiosity, apply pressure and encourage. Mm. Um, We actually teach something in our Navigate course that we call the deciding forward model. And in fact, if you come to our website, look for Navigate, there's a free... Um, mini course that actually has this in it. So you can get the, the free videos on our site and be able to do that. Um, but in a nutshell, here's what it looks like. I tell folks, look, it'll encourage, create, first of all, create curiosity. Uh, create curiosity is basically don't answer the question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, eliminate as much technology as possible. Uh, and, and maybe the another way to say create curiosity is, is uh, increase boredom. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, yes. It's, it's right. Great, yes. Great uh-huh. For your kid to be bored. <laughs> Um, and so then that encourages curiosity and then say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to set a goal and I don't care what the goal is. I don't care how big it is. In fact, smaller is better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then I just want you to think with me, what's the next step in that goal? 
And then I want you to, to move towards that. And then I want you to evaluate and I want to tell you to tell me, you know, how we're doing. But then the twist comes in this. That's a pretty comes in this. At any point, you can decide this is no longer my goal, right? Because mm-hmm. you are in an exploration mm-hmm. phase. The, right. But the catch to that is you have to pick a new one. Yes. So, so if you just mm-hmm. quit, you become a quitter. We don't want that. Uh, yep. But but there's a difference between a quitter and somebody who's adaptable, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I use the example a lot. You know, I want to catch a fish. Okay, we get interested in fishing. And then it's like, you know what? I'm not really into worms, but I really do uh-huh. like the boat aspect of things. And so now yes. you start to stop fishing and you lean into, I want to learn how to canoe. And I don't live on a river, mm-hmm. so this makes all my sense. And uh-huh. you canoe a little bit and you're like, yeah, but the sunburn's not so cool. But the canoe, <laughs> the canoe didn't work the way I wanted it to. And so I'd like to learn how to build these canoes. And then you start mm-hmm. building canoes and you say, well, actually it's furniture, it's woodworking. Now, you know, you started fishing and you wound up building furniture, right? Right. And yet yeah. that's a natural progression if as a parent, you can create the boredom that made them go, I need to catch a fish mm-hmm. that's sitting around, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That you can then pr- apply the pressure. Hey, I know you don't want to catch fish anymore, but what's next? Well, I want to do both. Yes. Okay, well, what's next? Well, I want mm-hmm. to build both. Well, what's next? I want to build furniture, right? And then if you encourage, that's an excellent canoe. I know it's mm-hmm. twisted and looks like it's got, it looks more like a rowboat, but you know, like, like I really appreciate the effort yeah. or, or, you know, that was really exciting or I've never been able to do anything like that or, boy, mm-hmm. come over here, look at this, everybody. This is what just got made. You, you know, that yeah. kind of encouragement mm-hmm. people just flower under. And then, you know, be willing to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And don't get so worried about like, well, my kid's going to build boats for a living. Maybe. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a market for that. Yeah. But <laughs> think about all the transferable skills that comes to the kids able to do that. Right. Yeah. And all exactly. three of them. They can be a visionary who's always looking for the new, better boat to build. Mm-hmm. They can be a storyteller who always wants to tell people how building boats can change their life. Or they can be mm-hmm. an ops person who figures out how to streamline building a boat the same way multiple times. Right. Mm-hmm. But all of those skills, while they may actually help them make a living in building boats, they all transfer in any industry. Right. And yes. any industry will want somebody who can tell somebody how their product works or see mm-hmm. what's coming down and improve upon it or optimize the efficiency of their product line. Um, mm-hmm. And so don't underestimate the transferable skill that comes in that process. But, you know, that's not difficult. And it just requires mm-hmm. you to be engaged as a parent, but, you know, create the space for the boredom, create curiosity, um, apply the pressure. Hey, you got to show me what's next. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's next. Okay. You can right. change your mind, but what are you doing next? Mm-hmm. And then encourage. Um, and, yes. you know, I think you can be really excited about it. It's, it's a fun adventure to see what happens next. It, it really is. And um, I, I love that you're emphasizing, you know, not having to, force the child or teen to stick to something that they're totally bored with. And I think as parents, we start to panic because we're like, oh, well, that should be on the transcript. <laughs> and I heard this and I, I just want to tell you parents, whatever your child does, write it down because eventually you'll see categories. And those categories, if you've tracked the hours, you can make courses and those can go on the transcript. It is, it is actually that simple. Um, but... You know, it's yep. uh, not to interrupt, but it's worth asking, do you need the transcript? I mean, right. if you're going exactly. to college, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And don't shirk on that. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and, and that's fine. There's people, but, and of course my bias is going to show here. I really think a, at least 80% of anybody who's listening to this, their students should not go to college. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean they shouldn't get a degree. I just don't think they should go to traditional college. And so for example, yeah. you know, I'm back and help your student get a, a college degree, a fully accredited bachelor's degree, but I'm never going to be asked to see a transcript. Mm -hmm. And by the time you get to the actual college that grants a degree, you'll have such a built transcript full of college credits that they won't care about the high school transcript. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and if, and the reason there is not to say, don't do these things. It's just to say, if you're doing your entire educational process on how to build that transcript, Mm -hmm. just be aware that it may not be necessary at all. And so, you know, 
it's fine to do whatever you're doing and then document it. I think that's excellent advice, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. just be careful you don't get in the transcript trapped, which is, well, exactly. I have to be with because it has to be the transcript. Well, mm-hmm. I never showed anybody my transcript. And so far, I've been able to support a family, make my way in the world and been okay. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's been kind of the same with, with our kids too. My oldest didn't even think he was going to go to college, but I did keep track of things and it was good because then he eventually did. Right. And, but yet he went to community college. He only needed that transcript to get in there. And then when he transferred to the regular university, they didn't care anything about his high school transcript. All they wanted to see is what he'd already done for coursework at previous school and, and honestly uh, the community college all they're looking at is just to check a couple quick boxes you know, did exactly they take history? did they take english did they take mm-hmm. math and did they take science right? right and you know honestly i mean you want to be very careful that you're not dishonest here but you know mm-hmm. you ought to be covering those boxes i mean like no matter <laughs> what kind of uh, educational process you're doing uh, right. but, you know but don't get so tied up in like i have to be able to document the exact amount of time they spend in the textbook you know mm-hmm. did they learn how to write yes do they learn how to read yes do they have a general concept of history yes and mm-hmm. more importantly did you teach them how to quickly and effectively master complicated information which is just fancy speak for did you teach them how to learn yes right they'll do great yes. at college they'll, they will do great yes and um yeah cuz most students that they're going to be next to were prepared to memorize information and then spit it out <laughs> versus how to learn. And of course, if you've got the medical biology, you know, in the bio, uh, I'm sorry, whatever you said, your son, bioengineer that your son is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like for those of you who have the really academically gifted kids who are going to go into really competitive schools, different set of rules here, right? Then you have to be yes. much more careful mm-hmm. and, and much more competitive. So, so it's not that there's not a place for that. It's mm-hmm. just that I see 99% of parents thinking that's their situation. When in reality, it's yes. 1% of people that actually have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. You probably already know that because your yeah. kid's been doing really crazy academic stuff in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so for the rest of us, you know, there's a lot of pressure we can relieve because it's just simply not necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've just relieved me because I have been just, I've been kind of anxious about writing my daughter's transcript. She graduates this year and I know she had enough credits to graduate two years ago. Um, but I just didn't think she was ready. And so I've been just kind of encouraging her doing the same thing that you said. She wanted to, to do a, write a, a sewing curriculum and ended up that didn't go. And now she's looking into being a tattoo artist, but she's working almost full time <laughs> and getting so many practical skills that I don't feel like she's fallen behind. It's just very complicated to track. Um, but, but definitely the progress well, is there. One quick short circuit for that is, you know, go to your local high school. Um, and you know, just go on the website and find out what a college-bound transcript looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so in other words, that, that's a transcript that all high school students are going to have to do. And so that college-bound transcript is going to look like English 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, mm-hmm. two lab sciences, right. algebra 1, algebra 2, geometry, um, and sometimes social sciences, sometimes American and world history, whatever, right? In other mm-hmm. words, it's going to look like some variation of that. Right. And then you can just take that transcript and you can realize that, you know, Basically, any college that's reviewing a transcript is going to be looking to check this admissions counselor, probably just graduated from high school, is, <laughs> I mean, graduated from college, excuse me, right. is going to be looking and they want to go check, 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 mm-hmm. check, right? Yeah. Again, be scrupulously honest about this. If your kid is not taking those things, go back and do the remedial work. I'm no no way mm-hmm. saying that you could fudge, you know, well, my kid kind of did that. No, they have mm-hmm. to do it, right? Right. But they can do it in a lot of different ways, but present it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. So if English nine for you wasn't a textbook and an actual class, but it was reading certain books and stuff like that, that's fine. Right. But just list it as English nine. <laughs> you know, in other words, yes, don't, exactly. don't, don't try to outthink yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, be honest. But but and then if you set it up that way, so it, that way you can get a quick scorecard like, oh, we need to cover these things. And then yeah. if you need to go back and fill some things, 
do so, mm-hmm. right? That's a good point. Uh, then mm-hmm. present them correctly and be able to back up all this stuff. What did you do for English 9? This is what we did, right? right. If somebody asks, they're mm-hmm. almost never going to ask. But if they do, yeah. and just be honest, you want to do that stuff. Um, and then, you know, create your transcript from that. So that might be a, yeah. an easy way to kind of like, if you're looking for the measuring stick, you right. know, mm-hmm. whatever the college-bound curriculum is for your local high schools, make sure your transcript honestly covered that yep. so in whatever way mm-hmm. makes sense for you. Yeah, I think the only snafu we ran into with the transcript getting him to the community college even was how many years prior had he taken like sciences and mm-hmm. before, you know, right. the, the the college science because they didn't want a, a, too large of a gap. Right. Um, but I think other than that, it really was nothing. So, yeah. And even those gaps, you know, you can take one off. Oh, then they, yes, they, college. you can do a, a remedial class to catch yep. up or whatever. And so, yeah. It's, it's all workable. And so we panic sometimes a lot about the things that we think are going to just be the, the end of everything. And really, they're not. So so thanks for, for reminding us of that. Um, and that was kind of leads into the next question I have is speaking towards the fears that many of us have about approaching high school from this non-traditional perspective. Yeah. yeah so, look, we're not immune to this either. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a young, well, a young, a, a tiny baby, foster baby that we're taking care of that, that mm-hmm. has ended our life. And it has been a tremendous blessing. But let's just say that school has not been nearly as efficient as it has been for our younger kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, my wife is just having this conversation like, oh, my goodness, are we failing? You know, this kid that we've, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden we're doing this and not this and all this. Right. So yeah. All that to say is that I, I'm not immune to these concerns as well and, and understand very much people that feel like I'm missing something. Hmm. Um, so what I want to do though, is that we have to always kind of back up and uh, there's a, there's a speaker and an author by the name of Andy Andrews. And he has a saying that hmm. I don't know if it's original to him, but I've heard it from hmm. him first. So I always credit him. He says, you're not trying to raise great kids. You're trying to raise great adults. Yes. And so hmm. maybe back up and say, what is your definition of a great adult? Because hmm. my definition of a great adult is somebody who's independent, Mm -hmm. and who is able to provide for him or herself and their family Mm -hmm. and, you know, loves God, loves their neighbor and carries that out in their life. Yeah. And that can look a whole lot of different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's going to look as individuals, each person, but that's really what I'm shooting for. Do you have to have a college degree to do that? Emphatically not. If you look at my grandparents, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, who were (laughs) phenomenal of that and not all of them had college degrees. Right. And the ones that did, uh, you know, ultimately, we're not substantially different from the ones who didn't in terms of those kinds of measurements, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's sometimes helpful. And you lean back and say, you know, because your kid can't do chemistry does not mean that they're doomed to a life of servitude or, or whatever right. you, you know, <laughs> your fears are. It, yes, your fears are going to be right. You know, it, it's it's much more about whether your kid is a good person and understands mm-hmm. the big questions in life and can right. ask and answer them and has that context and all those things. And that, that you are uniquely equipped and better at than anybody else in the mm, world because mm-hmm. you're your kid's parent, right? Nobody right. else can teach those things as well as you can. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that, you know, don't miss the really important stuff for the really minor stuff. And yeah. no matter how much it feels like some academic class is the major stuff, it's not really, it's the minor mm. stuff. There's yeah. never been a time where it's easier for people to learn things. Mm. There's never been a time where it's easier to go back and readjust. 
If you don't yeah. go to college right away, there's never been a time when it's easy to go back and get that degree. Exactly. I think that we're beginning to enter a really significant age where a college degree will not matter. And so mm. for most people, that's just not going to be a, a deciding factor. And in fact, it could be a hindrance mm. into some of their advancement, right? Right. And, and so that's not to say that to intimidate anybody. It's just to say that uh, there's lots of adjustments that you can make here. Mm. And if you ultimately will focus on those more important things about character and big questions and context and all those things for your kids. Um, yeah. Don't neglect those others, but don't be worried if you're not as good in some of those things. And don't mm. think that that's unusual. You know, I went to right. high school. Yes. And the first time I went to high school as a college admissions counselor, I called my mom from the payphone because of that while ago. <laughs> and said, they were worried about my socialization? Like, you know, right. <laughs> the kind of craziness I saw in this high school, right? I mean, like, there's everybody knows kids who graduate from high school that are absolutely functionally, um, you know, unable to do certain things, right? In mm. other words, it, it's not a magic system. You know, it's not yeah. like you put them through high school and all these things magically happen. High schools mm-hmm. have weaknesses. They have teachers that don't teach stuff well. They have classes right. that kids don't get the best out of. And mm-hmm. yet good kids with good parentings overcome those shortcomings, right? Yes. They will in your situation too. You're not mm-hmm. unique uh, in that sense. Yeah. But the one thing that nobody else can do is teach them those character questions, those big questions about life, mm-hmm. uh, or what it means to be an adult. And you're uniquely equipped to do that. So if right. you can if you can focus on that, it's not that you can ignore the rest of it, but then they fade a little bit and they, they resume their proper place in terms of priorities. Yes. And and two, if they're seeing us being fearful, they're gonna copy that fear right. and, and bring that into their future and say, Well, I'm just not good enough or I haven't done enough and um this is the what my parents are, are teaching me. <laughs> and so right. therefore right. this is who I am and and all the obstacles I have when they end up being not, not obstacles at all. So, yes. Well, there's, you know, people are always, I mean, first of all, I hear people say, well, there's so much uncertainty in the world today. Yep. And there will be next year. And there was five years ago. And I remember when it was really uncertain when the first Gulf War came around and it was really uncertain. Mm-hmm. When the second time around. In other words, yeah, that's the one thing that's certain that there will be uncertainty. Right. Um, and so let's be careful that we don't let that become fearful, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there is always challenges, but like, here's my perspective on this. You know, we're not, as a believer, I'm not here accidentally. God mm-hmm. put me in this time and in this place, you know, this physical location, the state right. and town where I live, the house that I'm currently sitting in uh, with this family, with mm-hmm. these challenges, with this community, with these kinds of big problems in the world. Those are my problems. God put mm-hmm. me here for a reason to deal with them. Yeah. Um, in some ways, I'm really glad I'm not in some other places. <laughs> right? I mean, there's, there's always a worst time of history. I'm, I'm, you know, COVID was rough. It's nothing compared to the Black Death. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, wars in Ukraine <laughs> are scary. It's nothing like World War II and my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Through, right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that there's easier things, and yet there's still hard things. Uh, yeah. So the harder it is, the more we should think, wow, God thought a lot of you. This is your mm-hmm. mission. This is your time. Right. And it's still an exciting, interesting, fascinating world with blessings. And it's still broken and fallen because that's mm-hmm. the kind of world we live in. And so it's got challenges. And that means that there's work to do. And there's yeah. a story for you to live. And you've got a mm-hmm. really big part in it. God put you there and, and made you a son of God, right? I mean, so right. made in his image. And so all those things, I think, get very exciting. And we should not lose sight of those as we, you know, mm-hmm. you know, in comparison, what you major in is not that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. in comparison, you know, yes, it's challenging. It's always going to be challenging. Uh, right. And so don't miss the blessings that come with the challenge. And don't think that mm-hmm. our challenge are particularly unique. You know, every generation has them. They're unique in that, mm-hmm. but the challenge mm-hmm. itself is not unique. Yeah. Thank you for that perspective change. It It is, it's so refreshing. And we need to be reminded of that constantly because 
you know, through media and, you know, whatever sources that you get your information for, it does make it seem like the end is coming <laughs> and we are diving faster than, yeah, we can, we can swim upwards, <laughs> but, um, but in reality, this, this is where we are and we can make good out of it for ourselves and for our families and our children. And we just have to choose and to see the opportunities and, and all of that in it. So, um, so yes, thank you so much. As we wrap up, um, I would love for you to share um, some of the programs that Unbound Bound offers um, to our viewers, listeners, so they can take advantage of them. Yeah, so there's all kinds of things we offer. And so we certainly encourage you to go to our website and check those out. We also do a podcast, uh, two actually. I do one mm-hmm. called River Talks. It's about kind of the education revolution that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And um, we talk about a lot of the educational issues of the day. And then the Be Unbound podcast is uh, if you really want to sort of see what the Unbound lifestyle and, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of educational model is all about. We interview a lot of our students there. We interview other mm-hmm. experts. We just recently had Shane Morris from um, Colson Center on and Dr. Jeff mm-hmm. Myers from some Ministry airing soon. Um, there's a YouTube awesome. channel that you can go to that will show you more of a student perspective. So you want to catch mm. some of our student culture. Um, so there's some ways to learn about us. But I tell people there's kind of three things to sort of know here. We do um, two courses, how to find work that you love and navigate, which is a course about uh, decision making. Um, and so if you have, especially juniors and seniors in high school, those courses are really designed for them. Mm. And uh, so check those out. I think there's some really cool content there. And it's a very different perspective, right? It was very much questions-based and not answers-based. The idea is to make this fun and exciting and not scary and terrifying. So Mm. a lot of things we talked about here, some of the models I talked about are in those courses. Right. Um, We offer uh, coaching programs. Uh, We do full curriculum coaching for My Father's World through Declare Coaching. So if you use My Father's World or want to, uh, we'll coach you specifically through that curriculum. (laughs) And then we have a program called Equip, which works with any curriculum that uh, we use a couple of micro courses for study skills and life skills that we teach (laughs) students. And then we have them apply them to whatever curriculum they're teaching. So if you'd like to use, if you could use a little bit more accountability or a little bit of guidance or a little bit of structure Mm -hmm. around whatever you're doing for high school, um, but you want to work with whatever curriculum you're using, uh, check out Equip. And if you are looking for a high school curriculum that is completely integrated, uh, mm. we work with My Father's World and their Declare program. And so uh, check that out. Awesome. And then uh, finally, we run Ascend, which is our post high school, or in some cases, we have seniors and juniors in high school that start early. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is our full certification and degree program. So you can earn uh, certifications, uh, you can earn a full degree, uh, you can go anywhere in between those. You can transfer to colleges eventually, or you can complete the entire process through us. Uh, those who choose the degree will graduate with a fully accredited bachelor's degree for much less than you would anywhere mm-hmm. else. Um, those who just do the court, uh, program will come up with a couple of things. The educational part is sort of self-evident. You have a degree, you have a really powerful certificate and really mm-hmm. good training that goes with that. What people don't understand is that it can happen anywhere. So you can be remain embedded in your local community. But we have three live events, which we fly students to. Um, mm-hmm. And so you'll have really intense live experiences. And so you join a network of students who are mm. really outside the box thinkers. And I tell people it's a network that really rival, rivals the service academies like West Point mm. and Annapolis. Um, my son and a friend of his, we met to the program backpacked for the West last June. They left Virginia, mm. went up through Washington, the Dakotas and Washington down through California, back through Colorado. We're gone a little over a month and wow. uh, except they were either on backcountry permits or they stayed with unbound students the whole way through. Hmm. When they broke down outside of Yellowstone, they called an unbound student they'd never met before who offered to fix their car, tow their car for free, and host them. Gosh. <laughs> and ultimately called a cousin of his from his birthday party to answer their questions on the phones so they could fix their car alongside the road. Hmm. Um, so you're joining 
10,000 alumni and current students, and you get a really powerful network that honestly mm. pays dividends for life. I have uh, past uh, graduates call me almost every week and say, I have open positions. I'll hire anybody mm. you say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what Unbound does. And uh, would be delighted to talk to you about any of those things. Uh, enrollment's open for the two classes I mentioned earlier and the coaching program. And uh, maybe the easiest thing to do is if you'd like to go to the website, you can schedule a free consultation with us and we'll help walk you through any of those things and show you how we can help you. Awesome. Yeah. And if you're listening and you don't see the screen, it's beunbound.us. So that is the, the website you can go to. That's awesome. And such a needed um, resource in the mix of, of all these um, post high school you know, college programs, it's refreshing to, to hear the work that you're doing and, um, and all of the, the ways that students who are just, you know, not created for that traditional route have an opportunity and an opportunity within a community where I think in the past it's been, well, you know, just go out and do what you can do. But to have that, that support and um, a knowledge base of, of other people and people with experiences that have maybe walked that road a little bit ahead of you, families, um, That's that just provides all the more encouragement. So thank you for, for doing that and um, just for your, your passion to help students in that area. Well, thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure talking to you and sharing with your audience. And thank you for all the exciting work that you do uh, in the homeschool community, uh, filling a really important role. And so it's exciting to know that, uh, that you're doing the work that you do and how mm-hmm. much you support and help folks who... Uh, really need that extra support and help to make a significant difference and then uh, bring students with some really unique gifts uh, and enable them to be successful. I think that's super exciting. So, mm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are welcome. It is truly a passion of mine. <laughs> and um, and God does provide. So that's those two mixed together. We, we, we call we'll success. It. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, and I want to thank our viewers. You were kind of quiet today, but that's okay. We understand a lot of you sometimes just uh, pop us on while you're um, eating your lunch with your kids. And we appreciate you. However you join us, whether it's live on the recorded session or downloaded um, to your phone um, from our podcast. So thank you for joining us. And just to let you know that um, this episode was um, brought to you by viewers like you. So if you'd like to make a tax deductible donation to SPED Homeschool, you can visit our website at spedhomeschool.com to um, keep all of our services running. And um, we appreciate that. So, um, so make sure to join us next week. We're going to talk about using apps for your homeschool and how you can, of course, those apps are on your phone. So if you're on the go and you needed some learning things to do, um, maybe it's as, as simple as um, opening an app on your phone and, um, and accessing that. So we're going to cover that um, next week. And um, also just know that our camp registrations are open. We have only five families registered so far. So that means we have 15 family spots still open. So if you're going, I think I might want to go on a family retreat, um, just know that we will have buddies for every one of your children if you come. It is a week of respite and refreshment and renewal. And we partnered with the Ministry of Johnny and Friends to offer this retreat for homeschool families. And we'll be in Minnesota this year. So um, we hope that you can join us. So so thanks again, Jonathan. Appreciate all your sharing and uh, your time. And um, thank you all for joining us live. We'll see you again next week, right here, same time, same place. Um, until then, God bless and, um, and have a great week. Bye, everyone. 
Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there. 